Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the way. We want it been. Smugglers Galaxy Podcast. I believe this one's number 16 uh, in our jaunt across the Star Wars galaxy following the Mandalorian and the child around. Jason, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's early, but we're we're here chilling. Yeah, we had a little bit of a late night with the club. Yeah. Uh, we were up till about 1130, which was hard for us because we're old folks. Yeah, 10 o'clock is my bedtime, so 11.30 was way past that. Plus, I had to assist our elf on the shelf with uh, – hope my kids don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> and, well, my elf on the shelf was doing his thing, and, and I was watching to see him work his magic. And, uh, yeah, that, that – you know, watching him do that made me stay up even later. So it's way past my bedtime last night. Now, your, your elf takes after you guys, man. He has some uh, pretty inventive things he gets into. Yep. And it's, yeah, when, when he starts working on that stuff, it's very long process. So it's a late night, but we're here to talk about Star Wars, not elves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how was your, how was your week? My week was all right, man. I didn't really, you know, it, it's a Christmas time. So there, you know, there's not a whole lot unless, unless I'm getting them for presents. And my wife seems to be getting me a lots of presents this year. So I'll, I'll have a report here um, that on the after Christmas show and see what, what kind of cool stuff she got me. How was Very yours? Cool. Um, it was good. So Mando Monday came out and they dropped the Bo-Katan Black Series action figure. And I tried to get that, but that thing sold out in like four minutes. It's quite Did frustrating. It really? Yeah. Because I had it in my cart. I was ready to check out and there was a waiting process. By the time I finally was able to check out, it was gone. So I had to get it through a big bad toy store, but I did find it. I, I mean, I did get it, but yeah, but it was still yeah, frustrating. Um, yeah. That, that the whole internet thing sucks. Um, I tried getting it from um, GameStop because they did the same thing with her that they did with dark array where they had it priced too cheap. Yeah. And by the time I got around to doing it, I was at the eye doctor trying to get it. And I got to the checkout portion and it said something's wrong with your cart. So apparently they might have figured out that they had it priced wrong because it was priced for like 12 bucks. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, I bought that. No, I bought that right for 12 bucks. But then they came back a couple months later and said our price was incorrect. If you still want it, we'll we'll give it to you. If not, go in and cancel. Yeah, well, they still should have honored that price, I think, at least because I know some guys were buying two and three of them. 
Uh, yeah. At least on one of those, they should have said, hey, we screwed up. Here's Here it is for 12 yeah. bucks. But if you want any more, you're going to have to pay full retail. Right. It's bad customer service. Right. Has it, have you gotten that figure yet? I know she's been popping up in stores. No, I pre-ordered her on GameStop, so I'm just waiting for that to come in. Okay. But I did find Moff Gideon at Walmart while doing some Christmas shopping for other people. The vintage nice. collection, which is kind oh, of the fitting. Oh, the little one. Yeah, which is nice because he uh, comes with the dark saber. So that's my first, my first dark saber. Three point seven five. Thank you. It was the only guy left on the shelf. He's like immaculate. Usually, when you find a fresh case and there's one figure left, he's he's left behind because he's damaged in some way. But this one was a great card. Was that the Walmart off on of Bell's Ferry? No, this one was uh, Smyrna. Okay. Hiram. Hiram, way out there. Yeah, because I know the one up near me had the three and three quarter, you know, and it was the same situation where he's the last yeah. one left. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still learning Atlanta, so I don't know all the names, but I think that was right. Have you seen the new Jabba's Sipping Cup at Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then there's the new puppet for the Dianoga. Oh, yeah, that's awesome looking too. Yeah, yeah. I would love to get my hands on that. Yeah, the Dianoga, it looks like it comes with a case and everything. I'm, you know, I have no clue what it runs, but it's, you know. I think it's about Disney 40. They put, how much? 40? 40, I think, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean okay. to cut you off. Oh, no, man, it's all good. That's what editing's for. <laughs> yeah, when you pay up pay up at Disney, they definitely, they'll give you your money's worth. I think that sipping cups in the $20 range, and it basically looks like Jabba's hookah, and it's even got a little frog in the bottom of it, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty cool piece to have, especially if you're a Return of the Jedi fan. Darkink.com is running a Star Wars celebration oh. art show uh, till the end of the year. Yeah. They have about, I think, 20 different pieces of art. Some The cool ones, like the, the Ahsoka one's already sold out, and there's a really awesome Yoda one that's sold out, but they've got stuff that's ranging from $30 up to a couple of hundred. Uh, so check that out. Yeah, I was looking at that piece with the child looking at the shelves of Star uh, I guess it was Empire Strikes Back action figures, and I really, really wanted it, but I'm running out of space, wall space. Hell, you saw my walls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving the bigger pieces into the freaking stairwell because I have no yeah. room, no other room. It's such a so, yeah i'm in that boat too thing. man you, well you've got a you got a good collection too and then you go to your use the restroom which is just off your collection room and you're like why didn't i see this before it's yeah that's you know, my stairwell <laughs> that's yeah. my stairwell that's the overflow yeah but it's got yeah it's got some amazing pieces in it too i mean i, I love the art and there was a a lenticular empire strikes back poster that was available through one of those services that was a couple hundred bucks but I mean, you walk by it and it's in 3D. It moves. I really, really wanted that piece, but you know, 200 bucks. I gotta, I can't. I gotta pass. When it when it breaches that hundred dollar mark, I really gotta think about the art. But you know, 50 bucks, I'll throw down 50 bucks all day on a good piece of art. Yeah, when my budget is maybe about a hundred bucks a month on Star Wars figures, and I go over that because of Black Series, you know, you buy five Black Series, that's that's 20 bucks each, maybe 25 depending on the store. You know, that's my. That's my budget, and I don't have room for that. And quite literally, I don't have wall space for it either. So, as cool as it is, I have to pass. Yeah, I did like that that one with the the one you were talking about with the kid looking at all the Empire Strikes Back toys. That was one uh, that I really liked. And then there was yeah. another one that uh, 
I don't know who the artist is, but he does the, uh, you know, the ride on toys, the riding toys in front of a store. Oh yeah. Um, he does the star Wars versions of those. And I actually met him at celebration because he was at one of the room sales selling his art. And I just, I did not have the cash to, because he was selling artist proofs and they were in that 200 to through two to $300 range. And I just, I didn't have the money. I was like, yeah. damn it. Yeah. It's still cool to dream and, and want it. Oh yeah. We're not Rancho Obi-Wans. We're just two dudes with a den. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could put a freaking chicken coop out in my backyard, but what's, yeah. Why not? I don't. You have the space. You can't compete with that man. Steve Sansweet. No. He, yeah. Plus he's got inside tracks with people and he's worked in the business. So yeah, you can't compete with that guy. Yeah. Just collect what you love. Don't collect it all. Right. Stick with what you want. Stick, yeah. yeah. So I listened to this podcast. Um, Jim Hill, who is a Disney expert, he knows everything about the parks, the company. I mean, he's he's read all the books. He's talked to all the Imagineers, all the animators. So this guy is pretty legit. Um, and he was talking about what Disney Plus just released uh, for the, the upcoming slate of shows and movies for uh, Star Wars. And he was saying that, you know, there's a massive Star Wars event that's going to happen, which is going to start with Ahsoka, continue in with Rangers of the New Republic, and end on a future episode or a future season of The Mandalorian. And um, so, and it's my understanding from what John Favreau was saying is that he's taking a Game of Thrones approach. So if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, you know, come on out from under a rock. <laughs> but um sorry i don't mean to be insulting but no it's a good show but what what that is is it's different points of view so you might see one aspect from one area of the of the the island that they live on westeros and another story in another place of the island but they're all kind of related and what happens in one place does reflect what happens in another place so i would imagine that level of, of storytelling where there's an overall arc story arc but then they cut that up into smaller pieces so that ahsoka's telling one story rangers of the new republic tells another story my best guess and this is again just my speculation it's the formation of the the new uh first order i think that's the overall story and each episode each season will show you little pieces of how that's happening like the mandalorian showing about the cloning of the emperor mm -hmm. snoke I did, uh, speaking of seeing Snoke in that jar when they re-showed that, this episode, like in the, yeah. in the uh, opening credits, it you looked at it, and I guess they lingered on it a little bit much, and you're like, ah, maybe Snoke, because you can kind of, yeah. the, the facial features are a little bit more prominent. Yeah, and after this last episode, when they kind of spell out exactly what they wanted with Grogu, I think it does lead credence to cloning Snoke and the Emperor. Right. And there's another rumor about the Obi-Wan show that uh -huh. uh, clone commander Cody is uh -huh. going to be a villain. Huh. He's going to be tracking Obi-Wan down. Well, I mean, that, that makes sense because did, did he move? If he didn't remove the chip, then yeah, he would be a villain. Yep. He would still be under the influence of the Emperor and uh, doing that bidding. That would so be we'll an interesting... Because isn't wasn't Cody like his clone for yeah, that better? Yeah, he was the general. Obi Wan was his general, so he was following him. And then we see an Order sixty six 
the, the command come through and Cody, you know, was supporting Obi-Wan and quickly flips to trying to destroy Obi-Wan. So that would, that would be interesting to see Obi-Wan not be a general anymore, basically, and, and want to convert, so to speak, Cody to the, to the good side and try to work with him and, and show him the, the, the path of the right way, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. All speculation. Yeah, we won't know until we see it again. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're building the, what they call the void, which is that screen for the Mandalorian that they have in the background. They're building those in London and uh, Australia. So oh, wow. yeah, so they're going to be expanding and they'll be able to produce more Disney shows. And I think the plan is to have one Disney show per quarter. So we don't have to wait years for shows to come on. So, you know, like, we just finished the Mandalorian, so there would be something premiering in the spring, and then in the summer, and then in the fall, there'd be different shows. That, that would be awesome. I mean, with that many shows coming out, they're going to have to do something like that, and yeah. it'll make perfect sense every four months. Here's a new show. But apparently, the success of the Mandalorian has shifted the strategy behind how they approach Star Wars, and that's why we're getting so many shows as opposed to movies. Um, so. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I think the whole coronavirus has changed everything because you know how many movie theaters are are you seeing boarded up now, and nobody's going to movies. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, after this last episode of The Mandalorian, I I seriously miss that communal experience. I, I miss everyone not jumping up and cheering and clapping, and you know, you're just alone in your room. The experience is completely different from where it used to be, and uh, I look forward to the day where we're in the movie theater together watching Rogue Squadron because um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, coronavirus will be gone and, and we can share that experience and cheer and clap. And I think when you start feeding off the energy of the people around you, it makes for a richer experience. It does. Uh, you know, when you, I still remember watching uh, Rise of Skywalker, you know, and everybody around me is just boohooing and you're boohooing and yeah you feed off all that yep. um with it being three years out I'm, I'm really hoping something things will change or it's gonna have to it's gonna be you know it's that far out so i guess yep. we'll, we'll knock on wood everything will go good and we'll at least be able to deal with it in three years but man. yeah <laughs> man we stayed up way too late last night, Jason. Because yeah. apparently the energy's low today. I gotta, whew, I gotta do that McConaughey thing where you slam your chest. Uh, all right, I'm good. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. It's just, oh, jeez. No, I mean, like after that last episode of The Mandalorian, which we're going to get into, you know, how do you how do you come back from that? The energy of that for me was exhausting i mean i was dancing around my my kitchen and annoying my family for about an hour like i was a three-year-old who couldn't be controlled it was kind of embarrassing but at the same time so joyful i don't and so i'm just tired from that that is were you dancing around last night or were you dancing around this morning when you rewatched it uh last night this morning was a different experience yeah so you want to just get into it? Let's just get into it, man. Let's right. see if we can bring some life into this thing. Yeah, so chapter 16, which 
I thought it was kind of cool. Our episodes have been matching the Mandalorian's chapters. So this is episode 16, and we're talking about chapter 16. It's called The Rescue, written by Jan, John Favreau and directed by Peyton Reed, who directed Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man and other stuff. He also directed Frog Lady episode. So that's where he comes from. But we open up on, on Slave One attacking an Imperial shuttle in the middle of space. Um, the, 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 it's apparently like Imperial hotshots that are driving this thing because... You know, Dr. Pershing is complaining that, are they going to get us? And one's like, I suggest you shut your mouth. This isn't a laboratory. And they just felt like really top gunish to me. Um, but Slave One hits their engines and knock knock the engines out with an uh, ion cannon, and they're kind of dead in space. Mandalorian boards the ship, and the pilot tries to negotiate with the Mandalorian because he wants to you know, save his life. And the other pilot just blasts the first pilot, and there's just like no room for negotiation here. Uh, we do learn that um, Dr. Pershing is a clone engineer, which is important. The pilot, uh, then Cara Dune walks in and the pilot kind of talks about how he sees her tattoo and he knows that she's meant um, Alderaan, Alderinian. I don't know what the proper term is. Because of the teardrop underneath her eye, he knows that she's an Alderaan person. And the pilot says he saw Alderaan get destroyed because he was on the Death Star. And she's like, which one? Kind of insinuating like, it doesn't matter because we blew up both of them. And he's pushing her buttons and she's pushing his buttons. But in the end, you know, he really gets to her and she just blasts him in the face. And when I first watched it, I couldn't tell who blasted him. But I thought maybe somebody had, uh, was like, is it oh, crap? The sharpshooter. Uh, she might have done it and then just disappeared. But then upon second watch and you realize it was her. Um, yeah. Which is cold. You for ever her. seen Clerks? No, I haven't seen, seen it. No. Oh. There's a scene in Clerks that they're talking about um, the Death Star. They get to talk about uh, Death Star 1 versus Death Star 2 and how Death Star 2 must have had a lot of innocent people on it because they were still building it. So they had a lot of contractors and stuff on it. it, it it's Kevin Smith, so that'll give you those that don't know. Um, so it's basically a stoner show. And how basically all these millions of innocents got killed in that star two because they were still building it versus that star one where it was more um imperials long story short this that scene that little exchange reminded me of that scene if from clerks <laughs> so yeah. it was just you know and how everybody millions of people died on those death stars and the world cheered or the galaxy cheered and you know the empire was the guy was still you could tell he was still pissed yeah completely understand that point of view so it was it was a, it was a cool to hear it from that point of view from the yeah. empire's point of view yeah absolutely i like how they try to humanize the empire a little bit and say there is other perspectives in the galaxy other points of view right and then um one thing i missed i needed to rewatch it but um last night on our chat mark had mentioned that they were called terrorists yeah the rebellion yeah the rebellions were called terrorists right so that was sort of the first time that it's also, it's bringing a different element on both sides of the story. Very well done storytelling wise. And I do appreciate the different perspectives. They're, they're kind of enriching the Star Wars mythology. I think for the longest time it was, for lack of a better term, black and white, um, kind of two sides of the coin where it was just, you know, you're either heads or your tails, you're not both. And 
and here we're seeing that you know there are some gray areas that there are people who have different beliefs kind of like how our country is now i don't want to get into politics but you know everybody's got their different points of view and just because it's opposite of yours doesn't mean it's you know villainized or anything like that they're just they have different beliefs and they have different perspectives and it's all valid but i don't know it's it, it's just really interesting to me I guess right shutting, and, and i guess I it i guess it also harks back to last episode where uh bill burr was like nobody really cares because if you were born on alderaan you're all you're fighting you know crying for alderaan if you were born on mandalore you were fighting for mandalore and nobody you know at the end of the day you, it like I think it's all kind of coming back. It just kind of hit me. It may be, I'll be coming back to that to the last episode where it it is what it is, you know. It, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just again the great writing that they're doing, enriching mm -hmm. the Star Wars universe, doing more than just lightsaber fights. So from there, they travel to this planet with giant factories on it. At first, I thought it might have been Geonosis, but it, I, there's too much plant life on there to be Geonosis, but. And it's not the planet from, what is it, episode three, that water planet, because there's not enough water on this planet. But they do land on some planet with giant factories. Uh, we do see that there's a Mandalorian shuttle that we've seen many times in Clone Wars. So we know that Bo-Katan is here, or at least other Mandalorians. Off on the left, um, it kind of looked like the ghost. Did you see yeah. that? I did not see that. I will have to. Uh... There's something very similar to the ghost. I don't think it's the ghost, but it looks like it. Oh, damn it. Now I got to rewatch it. <laughs> so so tell me if you've heard this one before. Two Mandalorians walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this really cool scene where Boba and Mando walk into the bar and they're just scanning the place and all the patrons look like, uh oh, here comes some trouble and they start walking out i saw some rodidians uh ponda baba walrus man but it looked like he had a patch on his eye um everybody starts clearing out because they know there's trouble and then they see bo, bo katan and her friend kind of sitting by um the bar just having a drink and um uh, mandalorian says you know we need we, basically this is like a setup we need your help kind of scene but what i really like about this is the lack of respect that Bo-Katan has for Boba Fett. I thought that was just awesome. I've been waiting for that because you, you just don't know how Boba is, is seen in the Mandalorian's uh, eyes. And I wish they would have kind of gone more into it, but I know it was only a 45 minute show and it's not really focused on that. Uh, yeah. But, they, you know, and it was cool because they, they were like, Called, they called him out, and she goes, you're not a Mandalorian. And he goes, I never said I was. So that was right. sort of a, an F you to everything that we learned two or three episodes ago. Yeah, he's Mandalorian, but he doesn't really care much about that Mandalorian culture. Right. That's that's how I took it, yeah. And that's sort of going back to the EU, because I think that's sort of where Boba falls in, is he cares, but he, he could care less. You know, if he is, he is. If he's not, he's not. You know, it's your decision. It's not mine or, or you know. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it and you interpret it the way you want to interpret it. And I really don't care. Yeah. Basically. I'm just a simple, yeah. I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. That's really like all that it comes down. Yeah. 
universe. Yeah. One of them said universe. The other one said galaxy. But yeah, I mean, that's his, that's his kind of train of thought is I'm just making my way. I don't really care about one side or the other. Don't care about Mandalorians. It's the highest bidder. That's who he cares about. He cares about yeah. money and whoever's going to pay him the most money is where he's going to go. Yeah, I would think he cares about money and then what people think of him so that he has to do the job and come through. I think he he cares that people respect him. Right. And um, also in that scene, I really thought that the female Mandalorian, um, yeah. Sasha Banks character, I thought that she was going to call him father or something because of the way she just acted towards him. Because um, in the EU, he does have a daughter and uh, they, they, there's a rift between them and it's, you know, they, they do fight a couple of times and it's just, it, it, there's a healing process that goes along, but yeah, I just, I, I was really hoping that, and, but man, I, I love her fighting style, you know, yeah. with the, the way she uses the jetpack is something we've never, you know, you see the jetpack uses as something for them to get from point A to point B, not as a fighting tool. And it's just, it's cool watching her use it to, to do that yeah she kind of gets him in a headlock and then she turns on her jetpack and kind of spins him around which was yeah pretty cool and then they both use their flamethrowers at each other at the same time they're just as powerful as each other so they kind of meet in the middle and they don't really do any damage to the other person right but there is some talk here where uh, Bo-Katan just really wants to unite and and um unite the mandalorians and get back mandalore and so to me i really thought that you know they're setting up season three of the mandalorian where they're probably going to be trying to take back mandalore uh, i don't want to get into it too much spoiler territory i mean i don't we'll, we'll save it to the end but i do think that this is setting up the, the season three of the mandalorian okay i don't know what you think between that and the way that uh, it ended, I, I really think uh, you're right. And where else are they going to go, man? There's there's nowhere else to, to go with this storyline other than go to Mandalore. Exactly. I mean, it is called the Mandalorian. And are we watching the future leader, like King Arthur kind of storytelling here? Mm. The uh, the um, the person who doesn't want to lead and but has the skill set and the responsibility and the, the i don't know what i'm trying to say but becomes the um what's the word not the hesitant leader the reluctant the, the reluctant leader exactly thank you yeah he becomes the reluctant leader of mandalore and he earns bo's respect in the end maybe who knows there's stuff that we got to wait because we jump around too damn much. So yeah, <laughs> I got to yeah. wait to give you my. So then we go to, yeah, we go to the classic tell the plan scene in Star Wars where everyone's huddled around a hologram and we learn exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. There's dark troopers aboard Moff Gideon's ship that they have to avoid. The child's um, uh, cell is located what, underneath it or something like that. Yeah, it's in the it's in the brig, which is on the you were gonna pass right by the dark troopers. Yeah. Yep. We also learned that these are third generation dark troopers, which I guess there were a couple generations of dark troopers in the expanded universe, so they're folding that in. But then then we we cut to um what Bova calls jump space, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Is that just like 
it's just, it's just like a select people call it hyperspace. Some people call it jump space. Like, is that what they're trying to do here? It could be. I mean, um, look at like Walking Dead. How many different terms do they have for the walkers? Everybody, yeah. Every group has their own term for it. So maybe. But we cut to the Imperial shuttle. And here Kara is talking about how she wants to bring in Moff Gideon. And Bo is kind of insinuating, leave, leave Moff Gideon for me. Um, and we find out later why that is a, an important setup. But that was just an interesting thing that I wanted to mention. Um, but but they pull out of jump space, quote unquote, and there's Moff Gideon's ship, and they make it look like Boba Fett is trying to attack the ship. Um, and here I just I commented I love seeing the Slave One th uh, fly through space. It's again that Empire Strikes Back stuff. It's just awesome. Yeah. And it's got the same blaster fire from Attack of the Clones because we really don't hear it fire blasters from Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. We only see it really in Attack of the Clones, and it's the same doo -doo -doo, like high high pitched. It's kind of different than the other ships, and I I, I appreciate that level of detail. Right. So then Bo Katan is trying to call Moff Gideon's ship and basically say, you know, please, we need emergency landing. And Moff Gideon, he's too smart for it. He, he kind of suspects something's up and he decides to launch TIE fighters to blast the Slave One out of the sky. I love Boba's confidence throughout all of this. He's just like, I'll take care of it. You know, take care of yourself, Princess. I love how he said that. Yeah. Um, I love that, his confidence. And that's sort of, I guess, I don't know if Boba realizes who Bo-Katan is at the time or not, but I love how he calls her Princess because she's sort of, you know, you want to rule Mandalore, so all right, we'll call you Princess, which is sort right. of a, you know, a F you to Bo-Katan. And the way they launched those TIE fighters, man, just reiterates how they, those guys have got nerves of steel because, you know, you could, you, when they launch you, you better be sure you're straight because you make one mistake out of that launch tube and you're done. You got to be precise. <laughs> no room for error. Yeah, there was. There was no room for error coming out of that launch tube. But yeah, I guess the launch tube is the same place where you land in that ship. That's just odd, dude. That's really odd for me. I'm I'm wondering if it's some sort of security thing because there's a lot of like, I don't know what they were on the side, but like if you're trying to land without permission, you can easily get knocked into something. I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of protective thing. The open bays and stuff with the magnetic shielding on it. Was that how the ship, how other ships come in or... It was just an odd, odd design for a ship, you know, that's how they're going to launch. And if that's how they're taking people on, you know, I'm going to shut my brain off and just accept <laughs> it and enjoy it, I guess. Yeah. If you think about it too much, you're going to find holes in everything. And it's just like, it's a stressful day. I just want to enjoy Star Wars. <laughs> right. But then the Imperial shuttle just crashes its way into the ship and Boba Fett takes off. And so it's just the, the five of them left on the ship and, um, the ladies, they exit the ship and they start blasting their way throughout uh, the entire place. Gideon activates his dark troopers right away, which are these super glossy stormtrooper looking robots, which are really, really cool. I can't wait to get that Black Series figure. You know they're going to make it right along with the cop van. I hope they, they capture that same gloss. Um, it reminded me a lot of the floors of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the, their armor glossed and, and shined in the light and... Um, I, I like that detail in the figure. Yeah, and there was something about their faces because they kept showing their faces and 
it, you know, it reminds you of something, but I have no clue what it was. There's there's a little death trooper in there. There's a little scout trooper in there. Um, yeah, a little purge trooper in there from Fallen Order. Yeah, maybe it, so. yeah, like you. It's just a combination of everything, so we don't we can't put a finger on it, but it's familiar. Yeah, weren't the weren't the purge troopers like the generation one dark trooper? Probably. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think they were ever really called that, but I know they did have some force elements to them. Yeah, I should look at Wikipedia because I think they're connected, which would make sense because they kind of look, now that I think about it, they look more similar than any of the other troopers. And, and the way that those guys have been pulling stuff from the EU and pulling stuff from, you know, pulling stuff from all over the Star Wars universe, I want to doubt it. Yeah, I mean, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I mean, this is really special. This is a special time with some great storytelling. If they can keep up this this level of, of storytelling, you know, you just got to have your faith that the whole entire season of, of a show is going to have great quality. Um, it's, just, it's just awesome. I mean, think about it, what you just said at the beginning of this. If they're going to be doing the uh, a new show every quarter, we're going to have new content all year yeah. long next you know in, in a year or so yeah probably by 2022 if they're going to start shooting everything you know obi-wan starting they're in the middle of uh rogue one the andor series mm-hmm. which is kind of i don't know if i like the 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 title andor because it's so close to endor and if you put the wrong inflection on it you're going to say endor yeah it's like a short a andor andor I don't know, so I sound like I'm high. <laughs> Andor. Andor. That's weird. It's a weird word, man. So yeah, then uh so back on the Moff Gideon ship, the Mandalorian escapes after the fog clears, so to speak. Quite literally, actually. And he sneaks off the ship. And I think it was Marco, it was a Trent last night that said it. I think it was Trent. It reminded him a lot of Obi-Wan sneaking through the Death Star on A New Hope. Yeah, which I I definitely picked up the vibe on the second viewing with that in mind. Have you noticed? Uh, it feels like a lot of the troopers with the the dialogue with the troopers. It feels like they've taken the original trilogy. Yes. Uh, dialogue and just recycling it. Yes, I even I even commented at one point. They say freeze, drop your weapons, which is, I mean, I think that was from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So yeah, it's just the typical stormtrooper classic phrases, you know, freeze, drop your weapons. And and yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, I did pick up on that. And so this is where they kind of come out to that bridge you were talking about. Um, Bo-Katan says, it looks clear. And, and Sasha Banks says, yeah, a little too clear. Yeah. So they're kind of suspecting they're about to walk into a trap, basically. And they go out to that bridge. Stormtroopers kind of walk out. I think this is the whole intent was to trap them here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on both sides of the bridge, the stormtroopers come flying out. Uh, Bo-Katan and her buddy kind of jump off the bridge, leaving Cara Dune and Fennec Shan to fend for themselves. They take out the first platoon, and that's when the second platoon comes out and, say, and says, freeze, drop your weapons. And then Bo-Katan and her buddy flies up with their jetpack, and they take out the entire squad. Yeah, that was a cool... Um... Because you do, you see that that one stormtrooper, you realize that it's just 
there's nothing underneath them. So if they fall, they're dead. And, you know, right. they're falling out into space. And, and that, right. I, I love the way that the storm, uh, shoot, uh, Bo-Katan and her, you know, the Mandos come flying up and are like, you know, hey, we're going to kill you. And yeah. yeah, there again, what good is Stormtrooper armor? And going back to the, the what good is Stormtrooper armor? You know, um, when you play those video games where you, you're, you're dealing with armies, you, you basically you're dealing with pawns, basically. Yeah. Um, so you get these people that have no, no real energy or no real defense, and you have thousands of them. That's what I think stormtroopers are. So instead of sending like three good guys, three, you know, really strong people after you, we're going to send thousands of really weak people after you, and yeah. it's going to basically wear you out. So yeah, I, it's I, more. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting because I'm excited, but <laughs> no, no, it's more of a fear tactic. Like we have a thousand stormtroopers versus your 30 villagers who are rebelling against us right now. Who do you think is going to win? Right. And if the 30 villagers, you know, don't lose their shit, they or keep their cool, they could probably beat those thousand stormtroopers. Probably. Know, they have just a little bit of training. Absolutely. I mean, the other aspect about these dark troopers is imagine how the story would would unfold if the separatists had these guys or the empire earlier on had these guys i mean it would just been there, there'd be no match right which i i kept thinking about as i was watching this episode yeah but then yeah i don't want to get it then look at what they did who came to save the day and how weak those dark troopers looked versus yeah yeah <laughs> It just takes more... one person being better than you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's work our way there, I guess. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's it's like we just want to jump to that, but we get more shots of Mando sneaking through the cruisers, and I think this is what Trent was talking about: how he kind of pulls back into a little hallway corridor, mm-hmm. and storm and stormtroopers passing by, and it is almost exactly from A New Hope. Speaking of hallways, how did you feel their use of hallways in this episode? Um, I didn't mind it. I felt like there was enough diversity in the hallways. Awesome. I mean, we had the bridge. We had the bridge scene. We had like a storage room scene, which we're about to get to. We had the hallway outside of the dark trooper place. We had a hallway where it's outside the brig, and that's basically it. And then the hallway outside of the bridge of the ship. Yeah. So I thought they all looked different enough where it didn't bother me that they were reusing the set like like the one with Mayfield from the last season. Okay. When they're above the when, when they're on the Republic jail thing. Well, we'll get well I want to circle back around to this when we get to the good stuff. To the big battle. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but it gets better. It gets better. So then so okay. So okay, 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 okay. So so the dark troopers activate. And they try to exit their storage room. Uh, we do see a Death Star kind of Death Star droid kind of wandering the halls. Uh, Kara's gun gets jammed while they're in one of the hallways, and she uses it as a blunt weapon, which I thought was I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. The uh, more great acting than <laughs> I I thought this episode it was less offensive her acting. Uh-huh. And I, I, I shouldn't say less offensive. I I thought it was because that's a negative. Um, I thought it was an improvement. Right. I don't know if she got acting lessons between the last episode and this one. <laughs> I did think it was funny uh, when she's trying to unjam her gun in the uh, yeah. in the elevator, and Bo looks at her and is like, "Do you need help?" 
Oh no, dang fair. Oh, dang fair. And then she bangs it on the ground and she's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Just yep. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so before that happens though, she tries to use her weapon and it, it, it jams up and she's using the back of it to knock some stormtroopers out. And then we see dark troopers try to exit their room, but the Mandalorian is able to rush up and close the door but not before one of them can get their hands between the door frame before it closes, you know, shut. It kind of comes in and he's able to grab both sides of the door and pull it open. And he knocks the crap out of the Mandalorian. Oh my God, dude. I, I... He sends him across the hallway. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm jumping ahead yet again. So yes, yeah. when, he knocks, when he sends him across. Yeah. And then he tries to use his blaster, but nothing is working. It's like as strong as Beskar steel almost. And then they grab, he grabs the Mandalorian and he's just smashing his, his helmet. And the helmet is strong so that it doesn't ding the helmet, but it does push it like it, it, it pushes it back into the wall. Like, like it's a mold or something. Like he's just, you know, taking a beating from this, this um, dark trooper. And really, they're really selling the fact that these guys are strong and uh, dangerous threat. Right. Um, and it also uh, helps the legend of Beskar because that thing, you know, you look at the other troopers beating on glass and it's cracking and the Beskar is not even bending. Um, right. Which, yeah. And, and then I also, I'm going to jump back or I, read, I also saw an interesting article that the dent in Boba Fett's helmet now doesn't make sense because of how strong they're showing Beskar is in this show. Well, we don't know yet. Maybe there's something else stronger out there. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. Uh, let's see. From there, after the Mandalorian takes a beating and keeps on ticking, uh, he pulls out his Beskar spear after he gets thrown and he kind of jams it into the dark trooper's neck and just snaps the head off and we see oil oozing and gushing out from it. Right. And then, and then we get that funny scene on the elevator as Karen tries to fix her blaster and think Eric and son of a mudslinger, what was it? I don't I remember her saying that, but yeah, she was. Yeah, right after she says mudfared or something like that. I don't remember. But then she steps out and this reminded me of Spaceballs if you remember the scene where the princess is got a blaster and, and she just steps out and she starts blasting everyone and back and forth and taking everyone out. It just reminded me of that. But then they take the bridge and Gideon's not there. And that's the last place we saw him. You forgot about uh, Mando sending all those dark troopers into space. Right. Sorry. That's all yeah. good, man. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, where's your magnetic boots, guys? Where's your magnetic, you know, why couldn't they have just I, I know, again, yet again, you're overthinking it. And you just want to shut your brain down and enjoy Star Wars. But, you know, freaking R2's got magnetic boots. Why don't those guys have them? Maybe, they, yeah, maybe they didn't have time to activate. But but as soon as they got jettisoned out, my son was like, they're going to fly back. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You're right. There was too much buildup for that to be the end of them. Right. Oh, you know, the, another thing about it, the Dark Troopers had some Vader to them, too. Yeah. The shape of the, the shape of their helmet. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's where some of the familiarity comes from. So after Mandalorian jettisons the dark troopers and the Bo-Katan and her crew take the bridge, we cut to Grogu's cell 
and Gideon is there with Grogu with the dark saber open. Um, he's he's just an incredible actor, and he really sells the villainy of this guy. A uh, hero is only as good as the obstacle he has to overcome, which is Gideon, and Gideon is a huge obstacle. He even says, you know, assume I know everything. Yeah, that freaking dark saber, man! You, you as soon as he opens the door, you hear it. And you're just it. Oh, it's just so eerie and so awesome at the same time. The yeah. sound of that dark saber. The Mandalorian learns about the dark saber in this scene. Gideon kind of fills in the backstory, but we learn that the, the Mandalorian doesn't care about that. He just wants the child. And we learn that Gideon wanted the child's blood because he's got special potential. He says, like, the child has the potential to bring order back to the galaxy. So, again, they're using that word order. And as, as the Mandalorian reaches for the child, that's when Gideon attacks and does his double cross, literally stabs him in the back. That whole scene where Gideon's just sort of like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, I, I got what I wanted, and you just have this bond with the kid, and, you know, he's trying to be, I was like, I'm, I'm watching it, I'm going, damn it, is this how they're going to end this? You know, thinking that Moth Gideon's just going to go, okay, take him and leave. And as soon as he picks it up, you're like, all right, you see that smirk? the Giancarlo Esposito smirk and then you hear yeah. the dark saber kick on and you're like, yeah, it's on now. Yeah. I guess he was trying to size him up and he kind of, I guess he, he kind of tries to pull the guard, uh, the Mandalorian's guard down a little bit. And that's when he tries to literally stab him in the back, but he should have known better that it was all Beskar and the dark saber can't cut through Beskar. But you could, you could tell it still hurt because the Mando, I guess he either wasn't like, Either wasn't expecting the the onslaught that he got, or but you you could just after that whole first initial attack, you you could hear you know Dinjarin breathing heavy, and I think he was kind of like, oh crap, that dude just attacked me. I mean, he's probably got a concussion. I mean, if we're following human rules, if he's if Mandalorians are closer to human, I don't know, but he's probably got a concussion from the dark trooper smashing his skull in. Yeah. That thing probably is his ears are probably ringing from that. So yeah. Yeah. So then let's see. So yeah, he pulls out the dark saber. He tries to cut through the armor, but he can't. There's a really cool battle scene here between Gideon and Mando, and the Mandalorian pulls out his Beskar spear. So it's the spear against the dark saber. The dark saber is able to heat up the Beskar as they kind of lock in place for a little bit. You see the little red glow of it. But in the end, Mandalorian knocks down Gideon and Gideon kind of realizes what's just happened in, in terms of the Mandalorian story, the, the folklore, maybe. Mm -hmm. And he says, you spared my life. Well, this should be interesting because he knows the power play that's about to happen. That whole scene, man, Game of Thrones feel, right? You know, speaking of Game of Thrones, because he's the one, uh, he's battled in a death match in game of thrones with the spear so the stuff he's doing in that you know he's <laughs> it, it right. feels like it's the same moves because yes. you know he's flipping that thing around he's kicking it to flip it around to get it back to his advantage just the, the way he fought with that was was pretty cool um so it, it had to, uh i'm assuming it was him in the in the rig but you never know what is he the red viper in game of thrones isn't Something that what the like characters know about yeah probably and, and but but those of you that don't know the Game of Thrones have never seen it. There's a there's a uh, the one guy and the queen. They're the brother and sister are fighting, but they can't fight each other. So they do like a death match, and they can each bring their own fighter. And Tyrion Lannister did something wrong, and he's on trial. And instead of being executed, he's like, "I demand trial by 
by combat and that's when the red viper or the mandalorian he kind of shows up with his spear in the mountain which is this it's like the 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 night of all nights he is huge and massive and you would think that he's going to lose that battle but it is a spear battle the way he was spinning that spear around it was it was definitely they kind of mirrored each other people were calling it the second that spear showed up that it was yep. going to be something very similar very cool yeah but at least he kept his helmet on this time yeah <laughs> absolutely you don't want to make that mistake twice um and if you've seen game of thrones you get the joke mandalorian walks onto the bridge with gideon in in what do they call it restraints they don't call it handcuffs yeah it's restraints or something yeah so they walk on and he's got the he's got the dark saber in his hand open kind of like if you move i'm gonna cut you kind of to the to moff gideon mm-hmm. but it scares the crap out of bo katan she realizes what has happened that he has been defeated and the mandalorian has the dark saber mandalorian has defeated gideon in combat which gives him the right to the dark saber and therefore gives him the right to rule mandalore and and the Mandalorian doesn't care about any of that backstory. He's just like take take it, and Gideon is kind of fueling the flames there, where he's you know explaining that she can't. It's the dark saber itself doesn't have power on Mandalore. The story does, and how you earned it. And so, Bo-Katan can't take that, which I know you have trouble with. I have big trouble with this, and I've been thinking about it because in Rebels. Sabine, that, okay, so here's here's my 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 thought or my thinking of it, and maybe Sabine never wins the dark saber in Rebels. She just finds it, and Kanan keeps telling her to take it, and she keeps fighting with it, fighting the fact of what the dark saber means because she understands it, um, and that's the only reason why. Because it, okay, ah, crap. She learns to fight with it and everything and just never is comfortable with the Darksaber. And she finds it, they basically find it in Darth Maul's lair and take it. And there's no battle for her to take it. That's the only reason why I think Bo-Katan won't take it. And then, crap, hold on, I'm jumping ahead. Ah. Anyway, long story short, in Rebel, she ends up giving it to Bo-Katan and Bo-Katan accepts it. In, Manda, in the Mandalorian... Bo-Katan is not taking it from Mando, and the main reason I think is because Mandalor- the Mandal- Mandalorian won it through battle, where Sabine didn't win it through battle. And I may be grasping at straws, I, I don't know, but that's the only reason why I can't think she's not taking the Darksaber, but I have a big... The minute I saw that, I was like, dude, you took it in Rebels, why aren't you taking it now? It To me, it was a big flaw in the storytelling. Dave Filoni did rebels so yeah but i think it's not like oh i forgot that she took it in rebels you know what i mean there's there's got to be a reason behind it and it bothers me but i think you did um i think you did answer your question there when you said that it was found it wasn't earned it doesn't belong to sabine because she didn't earn it it belongs to Bo, and she was probably the last person to earn it yeah and I mean that literally that hit me five minutes ago while I'm going through it in my head. Yeah. And yeah. That's the that's the only thing I can think of. That's the loophole. Yeah. But you know, I and I know it's not something that, you know, Dave Filoni didn't just go, Oh, I forgot about that because he freaking wrote Rebels. So he yeah. knows and he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. 
So I, I have faith that that's probably the story behind the difference between the two situations. Yeah. But I don't want to say that ruined it, to the, but it came pretty damn close to ruining that episode for me just because, yeah. But, but I think it's I think it's going to be very interesting. And, in, you know, season three, are we going to see Bo-Katan try to double cross the Mandalorian at some point? If she wants that dark saber that bad, man, it's setting up but this that scene and the end credit scene is setting up for a very interesting. It's going to be a long freaking year waiting yeah. for uh, season three to pop up just so yeah. we know, you know, what the heck is going to happen. It poses an interesting question for Bo-Katan. What do you truly want? Do you want Mandalore to be united and free again? Or do you want to rule Mandalore? Because there is a difference there. And if she really wants to have Mandalorian be, Mandalore be what it was, then she doesn't care too much about the saber. But if she wants the saber, then it's really the power to rule is what she wants. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. Yeah. But then the dark troopers come flying back. I like the line, ray shields have been breached and ray shields were introduced in uh, Revenge of the Sith. This is another callback, which I appreciated. Right. Uh, some prequel, prequel love, which I think the sequel trilogy kind of stayed the hell away from. Yeah, and they were like, how many life forms? And none of them, which yeah. was, was kind of cool. Yeah, they're all dark troopers. So they were too deep. I can I can guess your question there. I yeah. think they were too deep in those pods because the pods alone look like they carried one. Okay. But there's a there's that scene where they start to line up to kind of attack the Mandalorian before he's able to close the door, and they've kind of doubled up. Okay. And so I do think that because I had the same question at first, it wasn't until the second viewing that I realized that there was people behind there's troopers behind the first wave of troopers. Okay. Tells me that that explains why it seems like there's double the freaking Darth Troopers. Darth yeah. Troopers just go around. Yeah, because my first viewing, I thought the same thing. Like, whoa, where's, is there another ship out there? What's going on? <laughs> so they seal the blast. Let's cut. Let's get to this good part here. They right, seal right. the blast. They seal the blast doors to the bridge, and the Dark Troopers are on the other side trying to punch their way through. And there's this whole buildup of tension, just quiet shots of them watching the doors, uh, shots of the death. Uh, not death troopers the dark troopers just knocking their fists into the doors gideon is talking about how much that he knows that they're that they're dead the only people that's going to be left living is him and the child you know all hope essentially is lost in this in this moment i did like the way that uh she said blast doors because she's like close the blast doors it, yeah. it, it was there again yet another throwback to the uh the ot classic star wars yep but then we see an x-wing in the window of the bridge come from the right and swing through and land in the hangar they call to the x-wing you know um what do they say kind of like you know uh provide like your I, what's your name I, or something like yeah, that yeah identify, Ident yourself. identify yourself yeah and the, at the first the first show that you see that x-wing i was like what what the heck's dave filoni doing here <laughs> you know because it was you, you, it doesn't hit you who it is until because you can't even tell that that X-Wing's red. I, I thought it, because it looked blue. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe because of the way that they shot it and, and it's in black and white, so you don't really tell, you can't tell that it's it's red. As soon as Baby Yoda's ears perked up, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I know who that is. Yeah. And this moment, unfortunately, was spoiled for me because you know, I had almost thought about deleting Facebook from my phone for the day. 
Um, but I, I didn't because it is my job to make sure that nobody's saying anything bad about my company on Facebook. I had gone the whole day. It was like 3.30. I had an hour left and I completely forgot. I was tired. It's Friday. I opened up Facebook and in the spoilers there, I saw a shot of something, uh, of a green thing. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I spoiled it for myself. I had gone the whole day. So when I saw that X-Wing, I, know, I knew what it was. I was still just as excited, but the surprise was gone. The yeah. twist. That, that, and then they just, the whole reveal, and this is the, going, getting back to my hallway question. When Luke's working his way through the ship, that's when the hallway thing, I think, that's where I should have, you know, asked the question because it just seemed like how many of these damn troopers are there? Because it was yeah. a ton of them and they were all it, over the place. Yeah. Uh, well, he's slicing through them. We So group, like you said, Grogu's ears perked up. He senses a change in the force. Something is happening. The dark, the dark, uh, blah, 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 blah. so excited. The dark troopers stopped punching the door. Uh, they turn to face their new threat, and that's when we see a hooded figure and a security camera just walking down. And then we see another security camera with a lightsaber taking down all these troopers. And Gideon, Gideon looks scared. Like, he knows that game is over for him. We see the green lightsaber. We see a glove, a black glove on the right hand. They slowly reveal who it is. And at that point, because you, you see that the security cameras are in black and white. So you don't know it's a green lightsaber. You just know it's a lightsaber. And as soon as they cut to another scene and it's in color, was the lightsaber ignited or he ignited it? But all of a sudden you see that green lightsaber and you're like, oh shit. Well, the first time we see the lightsaber, it's in the security cam footage. So it's not colored. It's not until we actually see like the hangar bay or storage bay that we see the the green in the saber. Yeah. But before anything else happens Gideon tries to kill Bo-Katan he turns with that blaster that he kind of conceals when they knock him on the ground um so he has that blaster he tries killing Bo-Katan and then he tries to shoot the child but but um I guess to prove his loyalty to the child for the audience or just to show how much he's willing to put his life out for for this child um he jumps in front of the blaster and saves the child uh, the Mandalorian does yeah um, and then and then gideon tries to kill himself yeah what a week what a weak way out dude but they're uh who who uh fennec was the one that stopped them right was it fennec or or kara i don't i think it's fennec but kara wants her go ahead no go no kara wants him because he's got a whole bunch of information and now that she works for the republic uh you know He's got information and she wants it. There, There's another storyline for next season, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they want to figure out what the Imperials are up to, um, they want to learn about who's in charge, like all that stuff, I would imagine Gideon has that information, which makes him a high-value, valuable target. Right, which, uh, when, between Ahsoka, when Ahsoka is, crap, between Ahsoka and Rangers and the New Republic, and the Mandalorian, oh my God, we're in trouble, dude, because oh. it's going to be so much content and it's going to be so awesome and it's going to intersect. And yeah, The Walking Dead did this with uh, one of their new shows. It's a teenage, basically a teenage story, but then they have a bunch of stuff that's happening in the background that you need to watch to figure out what's going on with their other shows. So here's 
here they are taking this show that you shouldn't care about and making you watch it so you know what's going on in the background yeah so huh. it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those i i, I really think and yeah, I got out of Game of Thrones when they killed off Glenn. Yeah. I, I just stopped caring because I felt like, you know, there's an unwritten rule, I guess, with showrunners and the audience. Like, you care about our show. You care about the characters. We care about your viewing of these characters. And when they killed off Glenn, I, he was such the heart of the show. Um, this is kind of meta right now. Um, <laughs> and, and he stopped caring. And I was just like, you know what? after like a couple more episodes i'm like i guess that's it for me so i guess you're still watching it and i i appreciate that they still have that they have um deeper level of storytelling it's i've had to force myself over the past couple of years uh watching it and it's because it's what come from appointment to it was it went from being appointment tv for me and my wife to being what else do what 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 haven't we watched yet tv yeah you know after we've cleared the dvr We'll go. Oh, we haven't watched the original Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, now the the second they have Fear the Walking Dead, which I think is better, and it to pardon my French, it has bigger balls than Walking Dead did because they mm. killed off a ton of people in that show, and it kept everything fresh. Um, but I, I, I guess it, it just got too bleak for me, and you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars is hopeful, right? Which is yeah. No, so, keep going. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good, man. But death glenn's death is straight out of the comic book so yeah i know yeah i knew what's gonna happen because i had a i have a good friend who had read walking dead since issue one he still he has that and he absolutely loved that they were making the show so he was getting me excited about it so i was into it from day one and glenn was one of my favorite characters because of his ingenuity his heart you know he kept he held on to the humanity even as rick was losing it yeah so yeah, and it's interesting. I, 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 I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to get off Walking Dead. But the yeah, way okay. they end that comic book is it just ends. He just one day the guy, the creator was just like, "All right, I'm done," and he basically told everybody, "Thanks for the ride," and we're done. And that's how they ended the comic book, which is to me crazy. But yeah, I think that's how they're going to end up ending the shows too. But you know, it's cool because it's shot in Atlanta and I've gone down the where they shot, you know, down in Sonoya where they, they've shot it all and it's been cool. And, you know, it, it, as much as I hate what they've, they're doing to it, it's been cool for Atlanta. It's been cool for tourism down here. And Definitely. You know, it, I also, I, if I know something shot in Atlanta, I'll watch it. I don't care how bad it is just to try to figure out where it was shot and be like, oh, you know, just to get the background and say, oh, I know where that is. And I'm a nerd like that. Yeah. We'll get back to Star Wars in a second, but going just jumping off of that, we've done the Stranger Things tour because my kids love Stranger Things. And we've gone to the mall. We went to the Piggly Wiggly from the first season where um, Eleven steals a bunch of Eggos. We've gone to Hawking's Middle School, oh, wow. which is which is on the way to my mother-in-law. So it's not like it's too far out of the way because it's really south from here, from um, where we live. But mm-hmm. When I was filming that that baby Yoda Grogu, you know, visiting Atlanta and going to all these different places, my son and I actually went down to the high school again to try to get a shot of Grogu in front of the high school, but they had um, uh, painted off or stripped off all the Hawkins Middle School text on there, so it's not there anymore. And I was like so frustrated because I had spent an hour to get to this place and it's not there anymore. 
So I, I think people Maybe... go ahead. No, I think the contract was up there. Yeah, but I think people would have got it without the the whole thing, without the Hawkins Middle School being there. But I actually got kicked out of that mall, out of Gwinnett Place Mall. Uh, a buddy of mine, we were, were getting done with lunch. Um, and uh, I was like, dude, you want to see where they shot uh, yeah. Stranger Things? So we went in there and it, it's all blocked off. You can't get yeah. into anything. I don't know how it is now. This has been a couple of years. And you could walk up to the, the screen, to the fence, and kind of peer in there. Well, we're looking in there, and a security guard shows up. And she's like, do you guys take any pictures? I'm like, no. She goes, we, we, we've been arresting people for taking pictures in here. And what? yeah, she was kind of being a jerk. And my, you know, this is, I'm with an older guy, and he's just like, dude, you almost got me arrested for going look at a freaking you know, TV set. Uh, but That's like ridiculous. two huh that's ridiculous yeah but like two uh, you know six months before that while they're filming it in the middle of filming it my wife and i drove by there and uh, you could see all the trucks you saw the all the uh cars that had been destroyed and we're you know we were like wow what the hell happens here and you know and we walked in i've got a picture of her because at the doors when you walked into the thing it said star court so we've actually got a picture you know of me pointing at the star court sign and they, that part, they weren't hiding it, but then when you got to like the actual set and the food court section, it, it was still all lit up with the the neons going and everything, but you couldn't get to it, which, uh, you, you know, whoever owned that mall, they should have did something, you know, hey, I'll pay five bucks and let you come in there and look, because that mall's died a slow, painful death over the yeah, past we, 20 years. When uh, We got to get back to Star Wars, but when <laughs> we went to that mall... Uh-huh. They were fi- they were filming Holiday, which is are uh, available right now on Netflix. This is not a paid advertisement or anything like that. We went to go see that that area that you're talking about, the food court, but they had to scrim up. But as we were there, they were filming a movie, so there was less security over there, and we could have walked through if we wanted to. But my kids were like, "No, Dad, it says no, don't go in there." So I'm like, "All right, we're not going to go in there." You go over there, look at that store. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah. Get lost. So, so cutting back here, we're getting to the really good stuff and we've been holding out on the, the audience. I don't know if you're going to cut that out or what, but uh, we do see the flip side of Rogue One where there's a bunch of rebel troopers trying to get the hell out of the hallway. Um, but this is the, the flip side where there's a bunch of dark troopers in the hallway and we see the green lightsaber come through and Luke just starts. I mean, at this point, we're all pretty sure that it's Luke Skywalker and he just starts slicing through the troopers left and right. I did feel like this moment was missing some of the the John Williams music. I thought that would have given it more impact. Right. Um, but it was still awesome. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed watching Luke kick ass. Uh, there was even one scene that it was I felt it was a throwback to the Ahsoka cutting the tree down and throwing it at somebody because mm-hmm. I, it, to, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it. He cuts the head off of one of the dark troopers and throws it at another dark trooper. So I thought that was a cool callback. Uh, and then at the him using the force was just amazing. Um, I like the last dark trooper he kills right on the other side of the blast doors. You know, he, he crushes them with the force and it just kind of all, you know, you see it shaking and be like, oh crap, I'm dying. How many damn dark troopers are there? Because it felt like they were double the number that we first saw. 
But like you said, there was two rows of them. So there you go. We see Luke cut through everyone. Blast doors open and Luke Skywalker walks in with some of the, the worst deep fake footage I've ever seen. Um, it lacks emotion. You know, Luke should be smiling, but he's just like, it's just, it's, it's very stale. But he does inform, it, it, it looks better on the second viewing. I have to admit that once you get past it, once you accept it, it does look like young Mark Hamill. It looks, it, it's it's good for what it is. It's not as bad as Jeff Bridges in Tron, but it's not as good as young Robert Downey Jr. in Captain America Civil War. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. It is a step, uh, and I also say it's a step up from Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. I, I still think they should have just said F it and have somebody who looks like him because yes. the first viewing, my wife was like, who is that? I said, I don't think that's Mark. That's not Mark Hamill. I mean, that's how bad it was. And I'm still struggling to see Mark Hamill in that. I'm, I'm struggling even to hear his voice in it. They gave him credit. Yeah, they did. And then he did, he, he did shoot it. But I'm really wishing they would do the same thing, the 007 thing that you keep going to, that yes, find somebody who looks like him instead of trying to do the computer thing and we'd get over it because you, you know those guys are in their 60s. And you know that unfortunately Carrie's no longer with us, so they can't do it. And let them, you know, we would deal with it. We know it's a TV show. We know they're not, you know, they can't play those characters forever. And just let it. We we're big we're big boys. We'll we'll get over it. And right. the you know the people that are new to it don't. I mean, they know who they are, but they also understand it's a forty year old movie, and they can't do it. You know, it would be okay if they got somebody else to play Luke, I would be okay with that. We got over it with uh, Lando and Han Solo. We got over it with Chewbacca. Even though Chewbacca's in a suit, he still doesn't look the same. You, you know, Yeah. we got over it with those three characters. We, we'll get over it with Luke. We'll get over it with Leia. Um, but, you know, would they have... Then you're also going into the whole... Um, what setting up things for later episodes you know would they have if they would have got a new actor in are they setting it up you know what are they setting up with luke and grogu how much of that are we going to see you know would they have felt if they would have got a new character a new actor we would they would want to see more and this is sort of the, the way of you know not showing you a whole bunch yeah i don't think we're going to see much of of luke skywalker after this but that's my speculation i think that if they were going to Hold on a second. Oh, shoot. Hello? Hi, my name is Josh. I'm with the Shuriana. Yeah. Um, this is from your appointment for today. Yep. What time? Uh, so, I'm actually, my last appointment was actually down the street, so I'm like 10 minutes away. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I will see you. Thanks. Bye. All right, sorry, the clock is ticking because my phone is broken. <laughs> it's got a crack in it, and I, I thought we'd be done by 10.30, so, but yeah. Oh, shit, all right, well, we'll... All right, so then, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, so. Take a deep breath, and let's finish. <laughs> so, <laughs> it'd be funny if you left that in. All right, so the door's open. All right, so we talked about that. Oh, Luke tells um, the Mandalorian that Grogu doesn't want to leave without permission from the Mandalorian. And the Mandalorian promises that they'll see each other again. He gives them permission. Grogu kind of reaches for the helmet. And he's like, I kind of want to see the face of my dad. And that's okay. that's how I was reading the scene. Mm -hmm. And the Mandalorian takes it off. And then Grogu touches it. 
I thought it was just an extremely tender and a very well-earned scene that this this two seasons have been leading up to this moment. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, and I I, I went kind of the other way. I thought that uh, Din Djarin wanted to look at him through his own eyes, a la you know Return of the Jedi, um, and Vader and Luke. Uh, you know, let me look at you one time with my own eyes, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was a touching scene, and and it is there again. It built up the last couple of. It, I think this whole season built up to that. Yeah, that moment. And then, yeah, Freaking, no, I, yeah. Then then you hear the the beep. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. when I lost it. I don't give a. Sh- I don't know why I care about that droid so much. Maybe because he's been in everything, but that's when I started tearing up. Yeah, this was so awesome. The second time was even better because I was able to process what was happening as R2-D2 kind of swings around. And I love this cameo just as much as Luke. It was just an awesome moment between Grogu and R2-D2. R2-D2 is kind of like dancing and he's having fun. He's like, oh, this is great. I love seeing this guy. Like, there was just a lot of joy for R2-D2 to see someone, I think, that looked like Yoda. Do you think they knew each other? I mean, even though, yeah, the the Yoda thing, but it's possible. that somebody had mentioned that they think that Grogu knows who R2 is because, yes. you know, R2's been around forever. Yeah, and if Grogu knows who Anakin was, then yeah, definitely. It was just, it was a cool moment. And and like I said, I, I guess it just is one of those characters that everybody loves. You may not love R2. You may not be a huge R2 fan, but when you see him, you're like, that's freaking R2-D2 just because he's iconic. And, you know, I know I, I talk, crap about anthony daniels but you know c3po he's iconic too so that those two characters i think kind of are star wars and just seeing them on the screen was was awesome absolutely i mean that was pretty much it so this this i i don't know if this is what they were trying to do so you know luke is leaving with grogu and r2 and the mandalorian is alone watching grogu uh this this Reminded me a lot of E.T. when E.T. is leaving Elliot and there's that goodbye. It's very, very close to it. It was missing the gravitas of John Williams' score. And I think if if we had that, you know, I would have probably still be crying. I do have faith that we'll see Grogu again. And I do think the Mandalorian will see him. Unlike E.T. where it was like a final goodbye, like a final goodbye to your childhood, like watching that, the, the innocence kind of fly away. And so I think that was missing, but that had some very similar feels, I guess, to it. Jumping back to the music on this thing, when when Luke finally reveals himself and you hear the Star Wars theme, oh, dude, I get chills just when I'm in a store and that music comes up, you know, you know, or you're scrolling through Facebook and you, you hear the star Wars, you know, that theme. Yeah. I got to yeah. give it to that. It was beautiful. <laughs> that yeah. whole, it, it made that whole scene, you know, the second watching you're going, Oh crap, here it goes. You, you hear Luke's, I don't know if it's Luke's theme or the star Wars theme or, or whatever, but you hear the OT music in the background and it was beautiful. So then the door closes to the elevator and that's it. That's the end of the season. And, and I going back before that, the final scene where you see the camera pans back around and you see them all standing on the brig um, or bridge rather that I thought it was fitting that the Mando was the only one without his helmet on. I thought that sort of oh yeah harkens back to everything that he just, he, 
with Grogu gone, what else does he have to believe in? And so why keep the damn helmet on? Yeah, that's a good uh, observation. So it changes everything in season three. Um, I do feel like this is the Luke that people wanted to see in The Last Jedi and they didn't get. Um, I still love both. I think there's room for both. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that, I think it also leads to some interesting ideas that Luke's, Luke, Luke Skywalker was going to um, train Ben Solo, but Ben gets tempted to the dark side. He fails as a teacher. So, you know, putting Grogu in Luke's hands, there is some distrust because we as an audience know that he's going to fail. I don't know what to say to that because you, you, you know that the thing destroys, his, his academy destroys. And yeah. like somebody was saying, I think Mark was saying, is Grogu going to be around another 25 years for Ben Solo to train and you look at it and he's 50 years old and he's a toddler. So he's definitely going to be around another 25 years to see what happens. Um, But I mean, are are they going to show that to us? You just, I don't think we will. I think we'll, it'll be one where, you know, Grogu may show back up in into it or Dan will show up to check in on him. But I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to get a big storyline because it's called the Mandalorian, not the baby Yoda show. Right. And I, I think I think the best place for the child is with the Mandalorian. I don't think it's with Luke. Yeah. But um, did they, you know, it, do you want him to be a Jedi or not? That's the question. Because if he go if he stays with the Mando, he's not going to be a Jedi. Right? I yeah, I I don't. I think he needs I think I want to see him cuz he's suffered a lot from the purge of the Jedi that he deserves a happy family life. Mhm. But that's also that's what me. the Jedi do is they pull kids away from their parents. Yes. And that's not the way that this thing should be, I don't think. All right. You're depriving the de- you're depriving them of love. Yeah. But which is against what Jedi should be. Right. But then so I thought this was a great season, minus the frog lady episode, which I guess in the long run really doesn't it probably ties into the, the Rangers of the New Republic somehow, but I I thought it was an excellent season, very well-crafted storytelling. In the end, it all does come together almost. You know, Cobb Vanth is setting up the Boba Fett stuff, and Bo-Katan was setting up some of the stuff that we've seen in this episode. Ahsoka was setting up the Luke Skywalker stuff. Yeah. I, I think this whole season was a setup for everything that they're going to do in the next couple of years, uh, but they did it so well. Um, and it was, it was like a new character every week. Cause every week we did have a new character introduced. Uh, yeah, I, all in all, I did enjoy it. Uh, it, it is sort of a springboard, like I said, into everything. And you got to kind of have that. And it, Dave Filoni, they do such a good job. He did such a good job with this season and John Favreau. Mm-hmm. And it does, it brings people, they did a good job of, of, satisfying both fandoms i think you know you got the people who don't know anything and then you got us who know everything or not everything but know a lot um hell even some of it's stumping me and i know a lot about this stuff uh yeah you you know um so you know go ahead no i was just gonna say credits for all the end goodbye thanks for listening yeah (laughs) 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all good, man. I know your phone's getting ready to. No, my, to... my wife took the phone, so I don't need to get off. But we've been on okay. here for an hour, hour and a half now. So <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to cut some of this. Yeah, it'll get cut down. But after the credits roll, you uh, see the see, inside of we, Jabba's palace. Yeah, we see the twin sons of Tatooine. We see Jabba's palace. And I was just like, dang, Farrakh, look at this. <laughs> this is beautiful what is happening as did luke take this over you know like what what's going on here we see bib fortuna bloated and in charge sitting on jabba's throne you know he calls over his weak way which was awesome and then so then fennec starts black we see someone blasting and and someone falls down the stairs and it reveals to be fennec but did did um bib fortuna say mcclunky i don't remember but maybe because I made a McClunky patch and it's it's with uh, Greedo on it. And if he says McClunky, I need to make a bloated Bib Fortuna patch now. <laughs> Dude, how much weight it. can you gain in five years? I guess when you're in charge and everybody just, I don't know. I guess it's possible. I think they're just showing that he's his status has changed. Mm-hmm. That he's the fat king, that he can get whatever he wants. He's been in charge, but he's not very powerful. No, but I did see on the second viewing, someone pointed this out that he's got his Kenner staff, which was never in the movie, but he, it's here now. So it's officially canon. Right. And then Boba comes walking down the stairs and Bib tries to be friendly. Hey, I heard rumors. You're still alive. Hey, great to see you. But Boba just like, that's it. He, t- he blasts him and he takes the throne. Fennec gets her. What is it? Uh, the drink or whatever. The swig of, yeah, blue. He's- wine or whatever it is yeah they call it spacha or spot what whatever oh. cop band calls it and she's oh, yeah you know, it's the same drink yeah yeah so she's acting like a badass and drinking and like yeah we took this bitch and it's like you didn't have to work too hard at it you just had to blast some people um and i also heard that with her releasing the slave that that can go back into her being a bad batch with you know she's anti-slavery so that that i think is going to have a uh could have an impact on bad batch and i, I will say that tomorrow morrison is going to be a very very busy person here in the next yeah. few week, few years because he signed on for the uh, i think he's going to be in the obi-wan series he's going to be in the new boba series ahsoka you can come back as rex yeah so you know, when, when he signed on to play Django Fett and they're like, we're going to give, you know, I'll make all these people of you. I guess he had no clue. And, you know, 40 years later, or not even about 20 years later, that he's going to be a very, very busy man. Yeah. He's got to, he's got to enjoy the fact that he's gotten a lot of, I think he's bigger now because of Star Wars. He, he was kind of, a, I don't want to say small, but he was well known on the Island that he lived on. I think it was New Zealand. Um, but now he's, He's got so much more opportunity and, and who doesn't love star wars so we hadn't even talked about the book of boba yet yeah so they cut they cut boba sits on the throne fennec takes a swig of what's it called spacha spacha and it says yeah book of boba comes out december 2021 and it's my understanding that it's not a full series they didn't really say anything other than that but I want, i'm wondering if i don't know if you've ever seen the sherlock holmes show with uh benedict cumberbatch and martin freeman it was like three two-hour movies almost and i'm wondering if that's what they're doing with boba it'd be cool um i I either think it's going to be something like that or it's going to be leading into the mandalorian or you know it'll be part of the mandalorian like chapter one part two or or a chapter one a or something 
Um, and it also, the more I watched it, it, number one, it gave me a MCU feel the second go around. You're like, that's totally John Favreau out of the MCU. And then there's also Tales from Jabba's Palace in the EU. Yeah. So maybe are they going to, you know, or is that what it's going to be or, or what? But it did definitely, if you pull that, I need to go pull the book out and look at the, the cover but it had that that feel to it. What is Boba's motivation here? Is it revenge against Jabba and his crew for, you know, following up that whole incident in Return of the Jedi? Is it that he's just tired of being a bounty hunter and he's kind of like not more confident and he's just, I'm going to be a crime lord now. I'm controlling things. Yeah, I, I think he just wants to be a crime lord. I think it's just, he's, he's it's the evolution of Boba Fett and, uh, you know, it's time for him to be a crime lord and, you know, get fat like Big Fortuna. <laughs> I mean, I can't make fun of him for being fat. He got the dad bod going and yeah, it's going to be fun. And I, I think that was a good play by them holding on to this information and kind of hiding it till the end of the Mandalorian to release it. We got a year to wait and yeah. it's going to be a long year. So I need my Cobb Vanth action figure. I need my Boba Fett. Um, uh, um, scavenger action figure. I need my Boba Fett returned armor action figure. I need my Boba Fett um, painted armor uh, action figure. And I need my Boba Fett on the throne San Diego Comic-Con exclusive with Fennec Shan. So that's, yeah. that's five. Yeah, there's five more Fets, dude. I really think that, that that's going to be the next San Diego Comic-Con or somebody else is going to be freaking do a custom of that. Uh, yeah. It's an awesome shot. I know it's a fan service. Um, I think fan service doesn't work when it doesn't have a purpose other than to serve the fans. And without the context of understanding what Boba Fett's thinking, it does feel a lot like fan service right now. I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I look forward to seeing, you know, what, what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I just, I, I, the whole thing, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around what they're going to do with this and maybe we need to freaking do another show on what do we think because <laughs> we're already so far ahead of uh, you know so far over it but there, there, there's more questions than answered yet again but right speculation yeah it'll be fun it'll be a fun year or long year rather yeah <laughs> but we got mandalorian uh the gallery season two Disney Galleries, The Mandalorian Season 2 to look forward to. Right. Um, we have The Bad Batch. Which looks like it's pretty close to being done. There were shots of, we haven't really talked about this, Camino. So I would assume that The Bad Batch try to figure out what the heck's going on with all the clones. If it's post uh, Return of, uh, Revenge of the Sith. So I think I think Star the future of Star Wars is bright. You know, there's 12 episodes of Endor. There's six episodes of Obi-Wan. We got this Boba Fett limited series. We've got Season 2 of The Mandalorian. We've got Ahsoka. Um, we've got more Cara Dune. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. We've got new movies. Uh, we even talked about Taika Watiki, who's, who's a, I think, a comedic genius with uh, what we do in the shadows and Jojo Rabbit. I think his, his Thor Ragnarok is exactly what Thor needed. Um, and, and I think he, he injected some life into that, that character. And I'm excited to see what he does to Star Wars because I think he understands the importance of it. And I think he's got the, the ability to make the pacing and the characters. And I think he understands what I'm starting to wake up here too. I think he's <laughs> understand, understanding what Star Wars is. And I'm very excited about his movie, which is rumored to be like the birth of the Jedi. Oh, wow. 
but i mean that's all speculation in years from now right and, you know if you're if you're listening to this at home i know it's kind of late but every time i say speculation take a drink <laughs> i'm on fire now yeah that coffee's kicking in now yeah yeah so i think it's i think it's great I, i'm very much looking forward to the challenge i'll be honest i'm looking forward to the challenge of this podcast because you know, we're going to talk each week and it's we don't have the crutch anymore of the mandalorian so it's you know i think next week is going to be a very special episode um there's a lot to look forward to yeah it'll be fun it'll keep us on our toes man yep <sighs> so hey, do you have do you have a rant that you want to go on real quick <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no i'm good i'm good so Merry Christmas, everyone. We've got a very special uh, episode either week next week or the week after next. We're recording that tomorrow because, uh, you know, just getting ready for Christmas time. And well, uh, thanks for joining us for this wonderful adventure. And thanks for listening. And email us at smugglersgalaxy@gmail.com, And we'll talk about, you know, maybe we'll do another wrap up episode of The Mandalorian. Maybe we'll talk about something else. I don't know. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thank you. Yep. Have a good rest of your day. Enjoy your new phone. This is the way. This is the way. Mm -hmm.